Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to the Christmas edition of Digital Digital Get Down. Maybe? Hopefully? Probably won't get another episode before Christmas. All right. Well, this is episode 83, mm-hmm. either way. Yep. And here we are, just the two of us. Just the two of us. Still. We yes. can make it if we try. Beautiful. Thanks. Uh, Have we... you had the baby yet? I No. Are you sick of people asking? Yes. Okay. I think we should move Interview on. Interview over. Okay. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> I'm taking the kids to my sister. <laughs> Still funny. Um, do you want to talk about some of the TV shows we finished? I have no notes. You promised me that you would just feed me okay. things. Just like pretend that you're Jimmy Fallon and I'm your John Mulaney. Because oh. fucking Jimmy Fallon needs John Mulaney oh. as like a co-host just to carry oh. that goddamn show. All I just have to do is just laugh and go... Oh! Oh, I didn't think of that oh, one before. That's all I that's my Remember when people used to call me a comedian? <laughs> yeah. No, no one ever no one ever did. Um, John Mulaney was funny though in that yeah. I would be good at that bit, I think, too. What's your yeah. opinion on this? And then just like giving us that saucy funny opinion on something. Probably. That's I would be good at that. Um I was referring to Silicon Valley. Silicon yep. Silicon? You can say it any way you want, babe. Uh, which we watched the finale of. I don't think we have enough to say to do a full App no, on it. I think so we've done at least one, if not two, couple. main segments on it. Um, bitchered. That's all I got out of the last couple the episodes. Last couple yeah, episodes. Uh, like the first mm, two or three, there was some like really good stuff in this season. Some mm-hmm. really funny stuff, and I was actually intrigued again in terms of the plot for the first time in a while when uh, they were basically buying Huli. And mm-hmm. buying Gavin Belson. I'm totally on board with the Gavin storyline, especially his was the best part of the finale was him being the dual romance writer. Like in an accidentally gay relationship, it yes. seems like. But his just like pa- found passion for crappy romance novels <laughs> for... with the person who we tried to steal the first one from, right? Well, that's like his been his long term like uh, spiritual guide. He's been on all the seasons. Oh, it's that guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that it was that same guy. Yeah. I thought it was because he stole one of the manuscripts from someone. True, yeah. Um, so anyways, that bit was funny. Um, they had a couple of other, like, interesting, like, office space stuff. Like, very relevant, like, here are what developers do. Or they had the HR episode that, mm-hmm. like, had, like, some cool B stories. Um, I also think they've... they've fixed Guilfoyle and Dinesh because mm. the beginning of the show the beginning that I watched yeah. they were like really funny and then I think in the middle they didn't quite know what to do with them all the time when they focused a lot on Richard and yeah. Laurie and all of that and yeah. you kind of lost the comedy of the two of them right. and I think the last couple episodes they they brought back the funniness of the two of them which I appreciated because yeah. that was one of my favorite parts of the show because I like Guilfoyle I know you do babe you love the son of Satan <laughs> Um, but yeah, the last two and a half episodes, the plot just, like, went in a weird direction. Like, Rustfest was supposed to be this, like, Burning Man parody, and it was, like, a very high-concept thing that they, they executed it. I mean, they had, they showed them in the desert, and they showed them at this giant party, but then they tried to make it into a, like, a a rivalry plot line between like the different companies all and you had AT&T in there. The other company didn't actually care and then you revealed that everything that they had worked for this whole season was basically a lie. Yeah. Or just not feasible I guess. So I I felt like kind of they burned through which sounds dumb to say for this show because like the company get, gets bought and sold, like, every two episodes. Yeah, and if they but, like, fail, and then they don't fail every episode. It started literally. so strong with that ridiculous shot of Richard uh, in Washington carrying around yeah. the microphone thing, and, like, all the stuff about that guy who was going to prove, like, they weren't respecting privacy, and then they were, and then they weren't. And then nothing happened with that. Yeah. And then I think this was a little bit of a lost situation where they had the last season, and they are like, okay, we know how we're going to open it. And we know how we're yeah. going to close it. We're going to close it with this, like, looking back ten years later thing, and it's going to be so creative. Yeah, you're right. And then they're like, we're going to open it with this whole, like, tech ethics thing. Tethics. And, tethics. Like, and this, like, Mark Zuckerberg-esque trial. And they yeah. had those two two episode ideas. And then in between, yeah. they just kind of And I don't have any directions. sympathy because it ended up being seven episodes. The last two were, like, 40 and 50 minutes long, weird. which didn't yeah. make sense. So it's like... Like, do, like, a five-episode, like, 
office type season from season one like if you just want to like tell one last story or yeah. something or else like split it up and do some more it was just very weirdly, weirdly handled paced, yeah. yeah um i just get tired of watching richard fail up as they say because he's such an irritating character and he just does yeah. not deserve a lot of the things that he gets i don't think yeah and the other only funny character is Big Head, who's just like the most He got the best conclusion as well. Yeah. Hilarious, like white privilege. Talk about failing up, yeah. Yeah, it's just hilarious white privilege, like example. Stumbling into his success. Yeah. yeah. Um is that, is that it? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Someday we can maybe go back and watch the beginnings. I never You saw should the watch season one, yeah. It's I mean, I think I've showed you the the middle out dick part, yep. but leading up to that is is really good. Yeah, and I think some of the ending stuff would have made a little bit more sense to me. Even some yeah. of the tech ending stuff would have made a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah. No? They they did some loop-de-loops on that stuff. But. I just got frustrated. Maybe it's because they were making shit up. But it seemed like in the last couple episodes they really didn't explain some of the tech stuff. And I get irritated when they don't explain it. Yeah. And I, make you explain I think it was all basically an advertisement for at t is what I got out of it. <laughs> okay. So They sponsored them, maybe. Yeah. Um, I finished Fleabag. Oh, yeah? Season two. Um, Hot Priest... Season two? Yeah, Hot Priest was season two. Oh. You kept asking me when Hot Priest was coming and... Series two, you mean. It's British. Right. Um, Hot Priest was, like, such a joke. It was, like, a really, uh, unrequited, requited love story, good love story. It had some It wasn't just, like, played it. for jokes, like Hot Priest. Like, it was a little bit, but, like, it was actually a really emotional storyline. Um, but it's weird seeing him as hot priest because he was like evil in, um, Riverdale. You say everyone's evil no, in Riverdale. Riverdale. He was mm -hmm. evil in Sherlock. This is a British of show. Of course. Yeah. Um, he was evil in Sherlock and now he's also going to be in, um, isn't he in Golden Compass too? I don't know. Anyway. So it was a little weird seeing him mm -hmm. try as this like very sympathetic character because he like is super evil in Sherlock. And the Emmys are this weekend. So do you think it's going to win? Are they actually? No. Oh, God. It's my favorite DD Get Down. Yeah. I did have um, an awards... People love it. An awards show comment, though. American Music Awards. I'm going to skip to one of my newses. Okay. Um, Critics' Choice Awards, I know that doesn't mean anything, but Schitt's Creek has a couple nominations for uh -huh. this last season, because this last season was really good. And Captain Holt also got um, nominated. So we were just okay. watching... Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm going to skip over the no female directors and best pictures, that whole thing, because that's mm -hmm. been talked over enough. Yes, ma'am. Um, did you want to talk about Disney Plus? We're now members of Disney Plus. Um, well, I was also going to mention, like, I'm completely off Apple devices, which isn't true, because we're recording this on my old laptop. Because yeah. I still need to figure out a way to record podcasts on my new Chromebook um, Everyone at school is still so impressed that you were able to use GarageBand to make that mashup track for yeah. my kids' Christmas. This is like GarageBand, like t 2011 too. Nobody could even fathom trying to do a mashup doing the old track. crossfade. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good at that. So my kids use it every day to practice. So. Yeah, I don't quite recognize. Don't quite recognize myself as from the high schooler who like bought Apple stock and wrote like, my senior essay about wrote Apple. your senior essay about Apple, and now you're just. You just left them behind. Yeah, I use a. Uh, Turned your back on Apple. Oh, Turned your I back use on Windows at work and Chrome at home. Yeah. I'm still confused about the Chrome versus Windows thing. I didn't PC. even use the word PC because I didn't want to get into it. You don't want to set me off. Um, so, anyways, buying a Chromebook gave you three free months of Disney Plus, and I was like, my unborn child isn't going to really be a consumer of media yet, but no. you had to activate it, so I was like, whatever, let's give it a try. Um, so I don't think I've actually watched anything on it yet. No. All my feedback is just from the menus and the content selection. Decon. Um, and the menu, I don't get why, like, Netflix has to own the user interface for how all video apps are now. Yeah. I don't like it. Give me a fucking list and show me all content. Let me sort it. Well, Disney is stupid because it's it. like, they just give you the top, like, ten search results for that category, not the whole category. Give me the whole fucking category. Right. So what we're getting at is that I was like, wait, this is Disney Plus, so it has Disney Channel Disney stuff. Disney Channel originals. And so I stumbled upon a list, and it, it gave me right away Brink, 
Johnny Tsunami, and Xenon. And I was like, okay. Top three. Somebody in the algorithm knows, knows me. I feel seen, as the kids okay. say. So then I'm like, okay, I'll click more here or whatever. There's no more button, of course. No. So then I have to, like, rack my brain for how to... Sp was the 13th year 1-3 or was it 13th spelled you out? I should not that. in this day and that. age. I should not have to do that. You didn't try talking into the remote? No. Not funny. So we found a few. I don't, who knows what's on that watch list? I've got so many watch lists. I know. Don't watch anything. The other one we just put on our watch list was the, um, the Great British Bake Off Holiday Edition. Yeah. I'm more excited for the American one. I think that one's going to be fun. To funny. see the Americans yeah. trying to do a British TV show. Is it going to lose the magic, though? Like, is it going to oh, bring the cutthroat Americanness into what... That's the one thing I like about Great British Bake Off, is that, like, they're also yeah. nice to The only other. value in this is that they're going to have to do uh, British desserts that they British don't even desserts. know... They don't even know what a pudding is. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Well, like, the... Uh, Whatever the technical challenge is, that will be hilarious. Yes, yes it will be. Yeah. Because most of the British people haven't even heard of some of the weird, like, yeah. French and Belgian and whatever just oh, they do. It just says, make the dough. Yeah. <laughs> Quote from every single yes. episode. Okay. Um, next. Next. Did you want me to talk about the book that I've started reading, or did you want to do a Christmas movie comparison? Um, I think we should save the Christmas movie, too. Till we segue into our main topics. Okay. Well, I finally, finally started reading Little Women. Like, right. actually reading it. Um, I know it's like a classic. Uh-huh. I am not enjoying it. You're so critical. It's just very trite. Like, the whole thing is just like, these girls, they try so hard to be good even though they're poor. And then... They're just like little vignettes, kind of. Like, they went on a picnic. How far are they you into it? They made a new friend a third of the way through. Yeah, this is 19th century British novels. Yeah, it's, it's American, though. Isn't Louisa May Alcott American? I always confuse that one. Um, my biggest question in reading this mm. is why did they make the actresses for the movie so old? In the book, the girls are 12, 13... 16 and 17. Interesting. Emma Watson's like 30. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or like 28 or something? She's like close to my age. She went to school with you, babe. Um, so why did they... Everyone's like so excited about the casting of all of it. And I'm like, the whole point of the book so far, at least, is that they're all like... Pre-adolescence? Yeah. Hmm. Like the entire point of the first third of the book is that they're not worried about like boys and crushes and marriage and stuff like you know how like pride and prejudice and in jane austen they're all constantly worried about like marrying up and all of that yeah this is almost like a before that like if you could picture the bennett sisters like before they were out into society and they just were like sisters trying to get along mm -hmm. like that's what this is about so why would you age up the actors so much why wouldn't you pick like young younger like less known actresses from what i've read about the movie it's not trying to be a authentic uh ad adaptation okay but based on what i've seen from the trailers mm. half of that those scenes were in the book that i've read so far interesting are you gonna go see the movie i guess so i mean that's why i decided to let the movie give me kind of like a push to finally read this because i kind of would like to see the movie but I also just was feeling a little left out, like on Bookstagram and stuff and on social yeah. media with everyone being so excited for it. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't allowed to be excited for it or just was kind of neutral to it because I've never read the book. Middlemarch is the other one you have to read. Every <sighs> bookish person, girl, sorry, every bookish <sighs> female I've ever met loves Middlemarch. But it looks so long and tedious. Loves Middlemarch. I thought March. you read Middlemarch. I did. It's fantastic. I love girly books. It's fantastic? Yeah. I thought you didn't like it. No, it's fine. It's fine or it's fantastic. Those are two very different adjectives. Uh, it's good. I don't know. This might be like my one classic for the year. Oh my gosh. I need to read Great Expectations sometimes still too. That's my mom's favorite. I'm going to be on your deathbed saying that. Yeah. I'll have somebody <laughs> read it to me. And won't that be ironic? Is that the whole point of the book? I don't know. You seem to know a lot about these books for not having read them. But that one was a movie. You're just Maybe mad that should... I'm better than you at Jeopardy. Maybe we should read classics out loud to each other. That'd be sexy. You want to read Great Expectations together? Not really. I thought we were going to do Tamara Pierce book. I'll go back to Tamara Pierce now that we finished Philip Pullman. All right, let's get to some good stuff. You have other news or anything? Um, my biggest good news was that I hit my reading goal. 
Congratulations. I didn't think I was going to because I thought the baby might arrive before I had a chance to So you uh, devised finish. a plan to go to the library and find easy-to-consume books. They were young adult books. Last The other year, I did, like, all graphic novels and middle grade. These, yeah. these were, like, books that were on my to-read list already, like, normal okay. YA books. I'm just saying that you're making it sound like I went and picked up the cat in the hat to reach my reading goal. <laughs> like, they were real, hey, like, YA books. You're sleeping with the creator that I can bump you up whenever you need. No, I, don't I can need, move the numbers around. I don't need you to cheat for me. Hmm. I... Got four books out of the library, not knowing if I was going to be able to read any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read all four of them. So you did. Congrats. Now I'm over my reading goal. Yeah, so take and, the rest of the year off. Give some well, points to me. Well, that's why I'm picking Little Women, so I can kind of slowly read it that's on my Kindle. That's what I do with Catch-22. Yeah. So once I hit my reading goal, now I can read Little Women and not feel stressed mm-hmm. about it. Even though I'm feeling stressed about just finishing it because it's terrible. Anyway, that was my good news. I'm reading an, an old Max Berry novel, author of Lexicon, and author of the forthcoming book. The book that's coming out? Yeah, what's it called? I don't know, I sent you a picture. Yeah. Friend of the show. He's not a friend. Well, Melbourne friend. Kind of Melbourne friend. One, time, one, he, one time he hooked us up. Didn't hook up with us, but yeah. Providence? Providence, that sounds right can't read the whole title in this picture I sent you. It's got a cool cover, though. Okay. Other news? Good, bad? What do you got? Um, I've got some bad newses. Hmm. Do you want lighthearted bad news or, or serious bad news? Serious to light. Serious to light? Yeah. Okay. Um, Mark Reeds. Mark is O'Shea. he okay? He is, but his his partner, like, really suddenly died. Oh, jeez. Like, recently. Like, a couple days ago. And I just feel awful. His partner was, like, young and... Mm-hmm and fit and and just very unexpectedly passed away that's terrible so it's really tragic and my heart just breaks for him like he was just so happy mm-hmm. like he wrote a book that's was decently well received in mm-hmm. the ya communities and he you know was doing stuff and living his dream and had this wonderful partner that he's really happy with and and now he's dead and i feel really okay. terrible i don't think we should let you do bad news anymore <sighs> You always bring us down a full You told octave. me to start with the serious ones. Jeez. Do you want me to bring, make on, it a little more please. lighthearted? Yes. Balance it um, out. Have you heard, seen or heard people using the word squad miss? No, definitely not. So, you know how Friendsgiving is like kind of an annoying word, but everyone just accepted it? Yeah. This is the Christmas version, apparently, that I've seen this year, Ooh, is squad miss. squad. Ugh. I am not okay with that. Friendsgiving, I've like kind of accepted and it like kind of... Makes sense. Squad miss is just terrible. It sounds like a type of mushroom or something. I, I'm not okay with it. I'm actually on board with the concepts because I would prefer to like only see friends like twice a year. So I'm like all for... I'm all for the concepts. Grouping them together. It's weird mashup words that I'm not a huge fan of. I'm just glad I didn't use the word tribe. Like I really hate it when people use the word tribe. Like I have to find White my people, tribe. you mean? Yeah. Yeah, people shouldn't really use that word. White people shouldn't really use that word anyway. Okay. Um, you have more? Why do they make the poor mailman work on Sundays? I know, you were very devastated to get a package on Sunday. It was a silly package that did not, was not time sensitive. No. Like, it did not need to be delivered on a Sunday morning by this poor mailman who already has to tread through the snow and the negative weathers. Negative weathers. Negative temperatures. <laughs> Multiple weathers. And then he had to come out on a Sunday. Um, my last bad news is the Spotify decade thing. Mm-hmm. I really don't care about it. How about it? all the decade shit for coming out in the first week of December? Poor December. Yeah. Poor December. Are I know that... Really, this is all because people start doing Christmas stuff, like, in November, and then by the deci- by the time December actually hits, like, they're over it. They have no Christmas stuff left to do. Now we're on to and New Year's Eve on, already. So, like, yeah, New Year's Eve, end of the decade <laughs> shit. Oh, man. I just, like, had one day on social media where that's all I saw. Every single Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Like, every single social media site that I regularly visit was all just, like, look at my Spotify thing. Is there anything less interesting than looking at, like, what other people listen to for music? I remember when Spotify and RDO first came out and they were, like, integrate us with Facebook so that your friends will know what you're listening to song by song. And I was, like... Even if I was, like, a social media, like, 
addict, I still wouldn't have any interest in that. No. And this is that Like, make me a playlist. Sure, maybe I'll listen to it, but... Like, my favorite tweet that I retweeted this week was, is somebody forcing all of you to post these Spotify things? Because, I guess to you, like, it's interesting to be like, oh, isn't that so funny that that artist came up that much? Or, oh, it's so embarrassing that I listened to this song so many times. Nobody else gives a shit. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Literally uh, nobody. It's the music equivalent of, like, Throwback Thursday or 10-Year Challenge or something. Yes. Like, nobody else cares. For people who don't... Who only are consumers of content, it's their one, like, rare opportunity to be like, I feel like I made something. Like, for all of this time I've wasted listening to music... look, I accomplished something. Like, look, I have this pretty tweet that was created for me, but it's personalized. There weren't even that many funny tweets about it either, in terms of, like, making fun of it or, like, the funny... because nobody saw yours and how much you listened to Maggie Rogers. I mean, I just... That was, like, the one CD that I listened to a lot. I mostly listen to playlists, or I don't listen that much at all. I go through kind of phases. But, yeah, there was a lot of Maggie Rogers, so shout out to Maggie, I guess. But... Sia will always be my number one. But yeah, I just don't really care. Okay. That's all I got for newses. Did you have any other newses? Mm, not really, no. Okay. All right, so it's Christmas, so in lieu of an advertisement, we're going to talk about Christmas movies? I think so, and then we'll get into... Um... Oh, I was going to talk about Lifetime. Lifetime versus Hallmark. Is this a news, or is this just a commentary? Um, Just commentary. Okay, go ahead. Wait, there are two Christmas movies we're talking about? Yeah. Let's see other one. Night and one. Christmas Oh, yeah, that was a fucking weird one. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about my Hallmark addiction. You even threatened to buy me Christmas gifts themed to the Hallmark channel, which I put a squadoosh on. Squadoosh. Is that not the right word? A, a, squash? I squashed that idea? Yeah, you're usually the one making fun of me for using phrases wrong. Um, I'm all hopped up on peppermint tea. Okay. Um, but I think the last time we podcast, I had already reached, like, peak... Like, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's over the, over it. Um, like, I, obviously the whole joke is that they're all formulaic and they all follow yes. the same beats, but, like, there's not a ton of variety in the Hallmark channel. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, like, the number of times they use the tree farm, probably mm-hmm. the same tree farm. When you were working from home the other day, you were texting me live, live updates of the tree farm when you were watching. But that was a Lifetime one. That was one. a Lifetime yes. one? Oh, gosh. So on a whim, I flipped over from Hallmark to Lifetime, mostly because I saw an advertisement for Ashanti. The sad thing is, you've also been watching the Hallmark Mystery and Movie channel. There's been multiple yeah. Hallmark channels that you've been flipping between, That's not true. just the one. That's true. So anyways, I'm giving Lifetime credit because they have at least some variety in their casting. We watched a Kelly Rowland one today, which was not great. Not good. Not great, but... Um, so yeah. And they at least they ha- like seem to have some weirder plots. Like, you need to have a, l- a little bit of like a... There needs to be a, a hook. A hook, yeah. Um, so yeah, I put on this one while I was working from home because I recognized the lead actress as the deaf person who I thought she was deaf in real life. Uh, she is, actually. Well... But she could talk. Yeah. She didn't have her... The voice she used on that show. What was the show called? Switched at Birth. Switched at Birth, yes. The, the redhead. redhead? Yeah. So she was I the lead. She was de- I think I'm pretty sure it was her. Um, and she worked in an ice cream shop. Somehow was also an owner of a farm. An ice an cream farm. An ice cream farm? farm? Yes. Okay. And it was... Does the ice cream grow on trees? It was called Christmas a la mode. <laughs> because the third act began when she realized that you could combine apple pie or any other dessert with ice cream. Well, a la mode also just means with ice cream. Yeah, no, I get it. Okay. I get it. <laughs> just saying doesn't really mean with pie. Right. So she realizes that all of her customers love apple pie, but they come in for the ice cream. So is it an apple farm that she owns? A pie farm? Could be just dairy milk. I don't know. A, a dairy farm? This is what you get from me only half watching these okay. things. But she has to talk to her mortal enemy to get his apple pie recipe? His like, cow? There's not a ton of variety in apple pies. And if you're putting the pie in the ice cream, it doesn't have to no be that good of a notice. pie. And then they run out, and there's a, a whole to-do of combined... Yikes. And the farm is at stake. Of course the farm is at stake. Is there a corporation that wants to buy it? Wants to buy it, yeah. It's not for sale. Okay. So, I'll just keep going. 
So, yeah, I guess let's talk about the Christmas note. Because so Hallmark has been showing, like, they're they're just on shuffle right now. Yeah. Which means sometimes you get their new one, which has, like, the same set of five and actresses. sometimes you get failed old ones. Yeah. This one, you, like, to call you out here, you said, this one sounds kind of interesting. It sounds different. It wasn't just, like... The girl goes back to her hometown and meets a boy. And to my credit, it did not have the normal arcs. It didn't even have a primary love story. Was it even Christmassy? No. There it were had Christmas, Christmas in the title. trees in the background of a lot of scenes. And there was um, Christmas baking. Correct. Yeah, just baking. Like, and lights, Christmas lights, <laughs> and a Christmas title. But the story and a, itself. A letter to Santa. Really played into the D plot. Mm-hmm. It was not very Christmassy. Do you want to tell the people what the story was about? Um, the story was about you had woman A who lived with her son and her parents who were divorced, and her husband who was dead or was not dead, who was deployed to war and was not present and unclear of his status. They moved into a house. I forget why they moved there. To quaint Cause wherever. Because husband was stuck overseas while he was injured. And they wanted to have a house. Unclear. She needed someone to help take care of her son. And so... And she didn't have a job? She goes to meet her next door neighbor. And they have like a cold interaction. And then the next door... And then the weirdest the gr- part. The greatest scene... In, in movie history, I'd say. Just very strange. The landlord comes to her house. A landlord. A landlord, because the neighbor's not home. And says, your neighbor's mom died. I need you to tell her. I'm your, mo- I'm your neighbor's mother's landlord. I just found her dead. And I want her stuff out today. Go tell your neighbor. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then the lady's like, yeah, that checks out. I'll tell her. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Tell him to call her. Leave a voicemail. Leave a note. Like, I don't... Call and, the police. And then, so this a, lady A goes yeah. over to her neighbor. And instead of just saying, like, you need to contact your mom's landlord, there's an issue. Your she's like, yeah, your mother's dead. Then you find out she's, like, estranged from her mom. Despite living in the same town. And then when they go to clean up the mom's stuff, the mom has left, like, a pseudo-suicide note about how... She There's had a secret a child. Secret, like, mystery child. Along with a, a blurry photo of her with a baseball, a Little League player. Just a whole lot of red herrings. A whole box of red herring photographs. Yes, basically. Um, and it leads them to, like, make friends with everyone in the town. And fast forward to the end, spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, the woman that moved in next door. Woman B, yeah. Uh, no, woman, woman A. Woman yeah. Ends up being the long-lost sibling. Oh, this whole time you've been looking for... Uh, a missing sibling who was probably adopted by someone, and I'm adopted. Holy and shit! And I'm the correct it's me. age. Like yeah. they never pieced it together at all. But you have to talk about your favorite part, who was like the Deus Ex Machina kind of. This guy who ran Bruce, who ran like a charity agency, like a Make a Wish situation. He was first situation. introduced as the local Make a Wish manager. Then you find out he's the little boy from the mysterious red herring baseball team. Unclear whether like he was abused or not. And then, uh... They say, we need help tracking down this mystery person. And then you find out that he has connections at the hospitals. And you're like, okay, maybe that makes sense if he's like a -a make-a-wish person. Then you find out that he has connection with all the lawyers. Yeah. Which, I don't know how that makes sense. (laughs) The next part's so good. So they somehow needed his law connection, even though woman A worked at that same law firm. But Bruce put in a good word. But that that wasn't Bruce's and biggest then miracle. Bruce somehow knows the higher ups in the military, <laughs> just general military. Yeah, not a specific branch or anything. No, just the military. And he gets Papa he, home. He gets uh, the injured father home in time for Christmas. Somehow. He'd and it sort of like healed his moral injuries yes. in the process. And then Bruce also dressed up as Santa Claus. So it's like, was Bruce Santa all along? Does he run the mafia? Is he like, what What kind of dark favors does he have? I don't know. Okay. So that was the low point. I would say the don't other recommend. one we're going to talk about has been the high point. 
Aside from multiple elf This is one that I mentioned on a previous podcast. Because the title is so bad. Because the title is so bad. And a lot of people were talking about, like, last year or the year before, it was, like, The Christmas Prince. Yeah. That was terrible. Um, That was Netflix's attempt at, like, a crappy Hallmark movie. Yeah. So this this year it was The Night Before Christmas. Knight, yeah. But, like, Night with a K, like, Medieval Night. And it was startlingly not terrible. Correct. The um, plot is like, Kate, we talked about this. We tried to talk about this last time. This is when we talked about Kate. Elevators, yeah. And, and elevator inventors. Um, so this Sir Cole, which really bothered me because it sounded like circle. Thank God we had the closed um, captions on. Sir Cole, like, somehow meets this creepy old lady that was on one grade. Old Crone. And the old Crone. Um, and he gets sent forward in time and falls in love with Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. And There's then, not really any rationale why... He has to go forward in time, which I think is the the issue with that whole setup is that, okay, he has to find true love. Sure. There's a lot of wenches in his time period. Like there was no yeah. reason why he, unless they're saying soulmate you could have situation. a soulmate across a generation or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but it was like, uh, maybe we've just been watching too many other bad Hallmark movies like Christmas Note or really formulaic ones. Yeah. But it was not terrible. No, I give Vanessa Hudgens a lot of credit because she's she like carried that on her she back. She was too good of she's too good of an actress to like let that be bad. Um, so she sold like the whole kind of morphing of this person from being like, who is this like drunk amp you know guy with amnesia who's dressed up like a knight to like, well maybe this guy is like really confused to like maybe this guy is like telling the truth that he's from like a different. Time to period? like, why does it even matter? Like, why do I need to question this guy's truth? Right. So she sold all of that. Um, I also I think... wonder if Netflix like gave them more than fifteen days to shoot this. Yeah. And maybe has a little bit more of a budget or a little more flexibility compared to probably. Hallmark. Yeah. No. Lifetime and Hallmark are clearly just like factories in that regard. So maybe since they don't have as many, they actually were able to individualize this movie a little more, spend a little more time on it, or something. Yeah. My only real complaint with Vanessa's character was when she gave this medieval knight the keys to her nice car. Right? That part was ridiculous. It, and she tried to sell it a little bit as, like, let's see what's going to happen here. Yeah. But that part was just a little crazy. If It's like, if you really think he he's ain't on knight, your insurance card. No, definitely not. So, yeah, that part was a little silly. But, I mean, c- compared to so many other movies that we watched, this one was watchable and, like, Kept my interest. The thing I appreciated most about The Night Before Christmas was its pacing. Um, and it's like, I didn't I didn't feel like the uh, overlaid text was always required. They felt it very important <laughs> to say, this is happening in the medieval time. Now this scene is modern it Ohio. Like in a forest filled with knights. And it's yeah. like, this is medieval England. Yeah. And you're like, oh, sorry, that's not Ohio. Yeah, or there'd be cars. And- the movie was very, very... Um, tight with its timing. And like, it was like, like eight days before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it was like two scenes per day. And you do that 10 minutes a day. And that was an 80 minute movie. It was like very neat and sharp and tight. And just when I was beginning to kind of like lose interest in it and like get a little skeptical of it, it like wrapped it up. Right. It's like, it was like one day till Christmas. And I was like, well, it's got to be resolved by tomorrow because that was the whole timeline that was promised. And we're a little bit of suckers for this because it does have like the elf motif of like fish out of water. Yes, true. Um, Where nothing's going to reach like the level of Will Ferrell walking around uh, Times Square for the first time. So yeah, like there there were not kind of laugh out loud moments. But there were some funny like Alexa jokes. A big product placement for Amazon, which is weird for something that was produced by Netflix, but whatever. I don't understand the world anymore. Yeah, everything. They're all owned by the same six like circle jerk billionaires anyway, so. Jeez. So anyways, The Night Before Christmas was not as bad as promised, and I would recommend it. It's not going to become like a yearly thing we have to watch. No, but it was definitely a better use of two hours of our time than a lot of the Hallmark Lifetime ones have been. This is true. And in terms of one to like actually watch and not just have in the background while you're working from home, I think this was a good choice. Mm -hmm. And much better than The Prince of Christmas, whatever that one was. So I say we talk about the book for a couple minutes. Because it's a romance. and That's true. And the other thing we're going to talk about might be more open-ended, so. Okay. 
Um, so the book we're talking about was a book that I read a while ago. You actually read kind of a while ago now, too. This is true. I will not know any of the character <laughs> names, so um, full disclosure. So the book that we are talking about, wait. What? It's elf season and you didn't do it. The children love the book. Yeah. Uh, so the book we're talking about just won two Bad Reads Choice Awards. Is that a good thing? Good. Oh, okay. Yeah, you really had me for a second. I thought that was like a <laughs> We're not supposed to say the razzie, name. A razzie or no, something. we're not supposed razzie. to say the name. Got it. Oh, there was a great thread on Reddit um, that just said, like, is Goodreads any good anymore? Like, have they made any updates to their website in like 12 years? And some nice person gave a shout out to Book Digits. So there's our oh, inadvertent, nice. inadvertent Book Digits ad. Um, anyway, so the awards that this site that shall not be named had, this book won two of them, Best Debut and Best Romance. Mm -hmm. um, and it always was a very good, like, crowd, uh, word of mouth kind of book. Yeah. Don't uh, leave book, us hanging. What's it the called? The book is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. What a title. This is one that I was very excited about earlier in the year that I'm sure I talked about in the podcast. How many copies did you pre-order? Um, one... That Target then canceled like three days before it was supposed to come out and I had to reorder it. It was very upsetting. And then friend of the show, Elizabeth, was nice enough to send me like a fun um I'm just still confused because this seems like a legit book to me and it only came out in paperback. So what was her publisher doing? I don't know. Um, I love that it only came out in paperback. I don't really like hardcover books. I know. And I don't really like the idea that like if I want a book that's new, I have to buy this giant chunky hardcover edition. Yeah. Um, I only want to own hardcovers that I really want at this point. I hear you. Anyways, um, so the premise of the book is basically a royal romance, which has been done a lot of times. However, it's a gay male-male royal romance, which is Correct. like the twist. Okay. So Alex is the son of the U.S. president. Female... Female president. Latinx president? Um, yes. Well, or no, she's the southern one. The dad is the... Yeah, he's... Got it. I forgot. Yeah, he's half yep. Latino. Um, so he is Alex Claremont Diaz. That's and right. his mom is the president of the U.S., first female president. And then you have uh, Henry, who is the like second son of the royal family of England mm -hmm. and they have kind of like this rivalry sort of thing that blows up turns into like an international relations disaster the first couple scenes are like really good yeah and they end up having to do this fake friendship type of thing uh, in order to like save their family's political career in order for to save Alex's political career in order yeah. to like save an international crisis yeah and that's where the book kind of turns into more of a cliche romance kind of of it. It yep. goes very much from enemies to friends to lovers Correct. over time. Um, so they're both in their, like, 20s? Yeah, it's it's built as a romance, but I definitely think it's more of a new adult. Yeah, you know I struggle with these things. Like, I pick up something that's quote-unquote young adult, like Sarah J. Mass. And there's mentions of, like, bulges in his pants, and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. This one, I don't think there's... It's a little bit hardcore. It's, like, medium core. It's medium core. There's some longish sex scenes, but they're not very graphic. They, they're a lot more, like, talking about, like, their emotions and, like, talking about the feelings. It's not so much, like, dicks on dicks. There's some dicks and mouths. Sure. Um, and, like, the romance genre is, like, hardcore on occasion? Yes. Weird. Some of the ones that I've read, I was like the hating. Well, just from like the covers. The you hating can tell. game, I think, was one. Of, even like the mm. modern ones that have just like the pastel covers with like cartoon people on them, which is yeah. like the new aesthetic. Jeez. Some of those are very steamy. Um, so I didn't think this one was that steamy. I think people uh, feel like it's steamier because it's it's gay. Yeah. Compared to a normal like hetero sex scene. Mm -hmm. But anyways. Um, the other main characters in the book are Alex's sister, June, and yeah. Alex's other best friend, Nora. And then you have Henry's um, siblings. And then you have some of like their staff and their families and stuff as the secondary characters. Right. I know you didn't 
care for the secondary characters? Um, no. I thought the strength <laughs> of the book was definitely with the primary relationship. Uh, I think the one that irked me the most was the mother being the president. I just didn't feel like the author sold it really well. And, like, I get the, that it wasn't meant to be, like, a realistic, realistic political, like, scenery necessarily. But... It was meant to be, like, a more optimistic take on it. Yeah. It just... That character didn't feel very genuine to me. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I didn't really have any lasting impressions from the others as well. I think that part of the reason that I liked it is that it is a little bit Parks and Rec-esque, where it kind of dreams of a little bit more of an optimistic political climate and has this kind of underlying feeling of like hope or joy with politics, even though a lot of times like in the news right now, that is not the feeling you get. I think that's quite accurate. And I think it works really well for Parks and Rec because in a very small town, like you can picture that and it seems realistic. And I think, yeah, when you try to blow that up to like having this person be um, you know, in charge of the military, in charge of blah, 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 blah. It just, it did, it seemed like too much to try I to bite off. they had some off. negative political stuff, though. There was, like, the whole plot yeah. line at the end of, like, the blackmail and everything. Correct, yeah. Um, it also reminded me a lot of my failed book. That, that ending. That is not the right adjective. The ending reminded me a lot of my book. The ending of this book. The ending of Red, White, and Roller. Correct, Blue. yeah. With, uh, because it actually wonder, ends on I think we should a... sue. <laughs> It actually ends on a political note. Um, I do think sometimes it did struggle a little bit to balance some of those political uh, storylines with the romance. And yeah, it wasn't quite sure whether it was like a straight romance book or I think it was meant to be a new adult book. And I think billing it as romance is a little misleading with some of the other storylines. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong. There wasn't a ton of like intertwining between the politics of America and Britain. Um, the only way that really intertwined was, um, spoiler alert here, but when, um, when they're outed, yeah, and Alex comes out as bisexual, mm-hmm. um, but that was more the politics of the individual countries and Correct. less the international relations. So right, my point is that, and I didn't even write this in my review, but now thinking back on it, like, I was intrigued by like the the drama, the political drama near the end. Um, but I felt like the whole book would have been a little more cohesive if like the relationship was a factor with like the overarching arching plot. You mean like the relationship between the two countries? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they did a lot of the individual situation in, in England with Henry yeah. and whether or not he was allowed to be out or allowed to be him like dating someone or what have you. Yeah. And then they did, is the U.S. going to accept Alex, especially since his mom's from a red state? But yeah, they didn't necessarily do a ton of... Because, right, like the the gimmick that you could almost picture is two countries who hate each other with two dignitaries who hate each other and fall in love. Yeah. But like, there's no threat of like America going to war with Britain or no. like blocking immigrants from Britain or anything. But I think that would... I know, it changes the whole dynamic. I'm yeah. just I'm just spitballing here. Um, so I really liked the book. I, I liked the characters. I liked Alex's journey, his like self-discovery kind of journey and his kind of coming to terms with his issues and trying to deal with them and trying to figure out how to be an adult and realizing that some of these adult decisions that he has to make are shit. Um, and trying to deal with his family and, and things like that. Um, I really liked how their romance developed, how it, kind of went from a friendship to a drunken kiss to something more. Um, I could have done with a little less of like the let's pretend it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I would, I just wanted to be like, all right, we bo- you both know it means something. Let's skip ahead to it meaning something. Yeah. But it did lead to some really good like cliffhangery scenes of, of will they, won't they, or they already did. Are they going to again? Yeah. Um, I also was pleasantly surprised by the epistolary parts because I'm such a sucker for the letters. I and the was emails. not on board with that. I love a good epistolary novel, but this these ones were over the top in terms of the mushiness. They worked for me. Oh, good lord! I bought into them. Um, so I just felt like I really liked the 
the tone and the writing style. They just felt like it was written by someone of my generation. Yeah. Like it, I know we've talked about this a little bit before, maybe with Rainbow Rowell or with, um, no, with um, In Other Lands, I think, mm -hmm. talking about how people that were like in the same fandoms that I was in and have the same kind of touchstones and cultural rep references. Sure. Um, you were a target demographic. For I, this I was exactly the target demographic for this book um, in terms of just the references and the tone and the personality and everything. Yeah. They definitely felt like they were written for me or mm -hmm. by someone that I would get along with. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that for sure. Um, and I, yeah, I, I really liked it. I gave it an A. I know, babe. You I didn't it. give it an A+. Plus. It wasn't like the best book you I've ever read. You had high expectations, though, so the fact I, that it met those... I did have very high expectations, and I mean, it was like... It was like delightful to read. It honestly yeah. was. It was a fun It's not life-changing. It's not like, um, you know, a book that's going to, I don't think, going to like drastically change anything in the literary world, but... But it's a, it was just a really like happy, fun... It wasn't happy the whole time. There was a lot of deeper issues that were dealt yeah. with but it was just like very fun to read and I felt very felt very seen uh I just felt very connected to it uh-huh and I just I really liked you the need two main something characters. to gush about once in a while babe it's okay yeah it, it I really liked it it was probably one of my favorite books of the year oh we probably should have talked about that oh yeah best books of the year real quick we'll just log on to book digits go to our profile sort by uh, so by year, you gotta go then... to stats first. Actually, no, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. You can do it all in ratings. Look at look at you. You're our trainer. I know how um, to do this. I don't. How many A's do you think I gave out? I know Ooh, like two. I know Overstory is my best book of the year for sure. I think oh, I read it in January. Still on my to read list. Um, it's loading. Give it a chance. Is it though? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, you have to read that one. That's what you should have picked up instead of. Little Women? Yeah. Okay, so year 2019. Um, and sort by grade high to low. Or I can just do grade A's. Sure. So, yes. Uh, the only A plus I gave out was the overstory. The only other A's I gave out were A minuses, which were Washington Black. Yep. That was good for a new book this year. Poet X. I don't know if that came out this year officially. Um... And the Miss of Avalon. I gave out four A's this year. I only gave out five A's, like straight A's, not yeah. A minuses. Red, White, and Royal Blue. Heartstopper. Yeah. Monday's Not Coming. Yeah. You were not as much of a fan of that Just one, but we did that one. on the show. Yeah. The Poet X. Yeah. And The Witch Boy, which you also were not a fan of. Okay. You didn't give out any A pluses? No. So I gave out a higher grade than you did this year. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then for A minuses, I had the rest of the story. The Flat Share, which is still on your to read list. Mm -hmm. Washington Black. Um, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. The Backstagers. Um, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. And The Oracle Queen, which was a short story um, and like novella related yeah. to the Three Dot Crown series. Okay. There you go. There's a little interlude for you. I also recently read, read I Wish You All the Best, which was one that had. Um, been on my list for a while it's about a non-binary teen mm -hmm. um and their story yeah i gave that one a b plus did you hear them is the word of the year from some dictionary they that's probably right but yeah um okay last segment last segment of 2019 last segment pre-baby we watched friday night lights over how many years so many started in australia started before australia uh, so many i don't know we've took a lot of breaks from it like would watch a season and then come back to mm -hmm. it. At one point, Netflix took it off. So For we, a while, it was like going on and off depending on if it was football season or not. It was very strange. It's very strange. Um, it's also a show, we talked about this recently, you and I, just that it's also a show that like I enjoyed while I was actually watching it. Mm -hmm. But when I was not watching it, I did not want to put it on. And I wasn't like, I need to watch Friday Night Lights And it has tonight. no binge quality. No. Um, I mean, I'll say I think I enjoyed it overall more than you, and like every night I would be like, I'm up for an episode. But yeah, it was definitely a show where I could see being enthralled week, to week to week basis. Yeah. yeah, especially with the way that the earlier seasons did the football games, like every episode. Yeah, it seemed like 
you wanted to watch it every week. Like they had, it was every Friday they had a football game and it seemed like it would make sense every week you'd want to tune in and see what happened. So, I mean, really it's two shows, right? Seasons one to three, which is the era of uh, Jason Street, Saracen, Lila, Riggins, Riggins, um, Tyra, and uh, Landry. Um, How did he make it to so many And so uh, we definitely talked about season one. That's where we did like Fuck, Mary Kill with Mama Smash, I think. (laughs) Mama Smash in there. (laughs) Um, And so then you have part two, which is season four and five, which is just basically Michael B. Jordan's like glow up as people say now. Apparently. That's um, the one we watched in the past year or so. Correct. Was those two seasons. We finally came back to it to watch those two seasons. I was not that enthused to come back to it. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. I did. And I'm also kind of glad we waited to this point to watch it. Because working at the school that I work at, I feel like I had a much different perspective. And a more, a better kind of connection. Or more, I was more invested, I guess. Yeah. In the school storylines and the way that the different uh, students were treated based on their race and things like that. Yeah. So I think I uh, got a little more out of it watching it now than I might have if we had watched it like three years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is fantastic. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He carried these two seasons. If he was not on them... And carried the ball. Yeah. If he was <laughs> not on them, I, do, I, I think it would have, like, petered out. Right. So, I mean, like, these last two seasons are not perfect by any stretch. No. Um, and I have some serious issues with some of the subplots, but... They took that poor storyline of, I don't even know what his name was, Vasquez? What was his name? The guy who who Buddy adopted Buddy tried and they rescue. tried to rescue from and then they potential just crime. forgot about him? Yeah. So they basically tried to do a big redo on that storyline with Michael B. Jordan being the kid Shared on the verge the of juvie who, yeah, Coach has to rescue from turn into a, a reliable turn man. Turn his life around. Turn his life around, yeah. So, yeah, that... You know, I was totally sold on that. Very emotional, very... A ton of growth within that character. Mm -hmm. Every scene, like, Michael B. Jordan doesn't have a bad scene, really. Yeah. Even if he's working against actors with, like, less chops than him. With no chops. Who are you thinking of when you say that? Love Jess's character. Her acting was rough on me. She seemed to only have, like, one or two modes, and, like, one of them was, like... one or two expressions on her face. Yeah. And her whole, like, Southern Belle accent that was sometimes... Come on, yeah, I did not, I did not think she was a strong um, actress on the show. No, I liked her character a lot. I still am very angry that they didn't make her the kicker. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck was Landry the kicker? Why the fuck was she fucking with Landry? Right. So season four, I think, is probably the worst of the final season two because of, they're trying to transition. Yeah, I was gonna say season four was more of a setup season so that mm-hmm. you could get into some of these bigger arcs and. Some of the pay, the payoffs of the final season, correct? Um, the whole stuff with Michael B. Jordan's dad, Vince's dad. Uh, that's season. That's the last season only. That's right. what I'm saying. Gotcha. That, yeah. That you have to set up the you character. You have to know about his mom. You have to you know have about to set up the yeah. character of Vince and his mom and all Absolutely. of that in order to then have that storyline pack any punch. In the and last you have season. to spend a lot of time. With Matt Saracen and his oh. art and his travel to Chicago God, and that, that bizarre three episode situation with that that weird artist in his shack. With nothing who, panned out and the only point of him was for him to have a throwaway line about Julie. Yeah. Yeah, that was bizarre. That was... I wish they just forgot about Saracen and Julie in the last two seasons. I, yeah. I know they needed something to balance out so they weren't always just doing the East Dillon, West Dillon thing, but... I can see how, like, the target audience for the show, like, would have been mildly invested in that relationship mm. um and the actor the acting was okay i don't like julie well we talked and about I don't her know if it's a character or the, the actor actress or the character but i just I so just, yeah let's talk a little bit her. about her season five and her uh fucking a ta and then the ta who has the, the ta back who has the best line of the series i don't feel married you know everyone came to my wedding and now they're all telling me that i'm married but it's like Am I? If I don't... F- yeah, you're wearing a fucking ring, bud. Like, you got married. Yeah. 
There's a there's a certificate that for that. That was super sketchy. And then she like crashed the car that time into the neighbor's mailbox just so she wouldn't have to go back to school. Like how many times should she pretend to go back to school and just not? And her parents would be like, well, this time she must really be going back to school. Right. So that there was like... Also, did she ever finish her finals? No. How did she transfer? Yeah. There were like eight episodes where she had like a lot of screen time and it was all just to build up to what was admittedly a really good shot, which was of... Her knocking on a door and you not being sure what door it is. Yeah. So there was a payoff and I enjoyed the payoff, but it was not worth all of the buildup. Once again, almost like they had that idea of like mm-hmm. they want to give an alternate love interest for right. her. So they knew she would go back to Matt eventually. Yeah. And they, but yeah, like you said, I don't think it was necessarily worth all of the screen time for this horrible TA thing. Yeah. And he was sketchy from the beginning. It's like, come on, Julie, you're not dumb. Anyways, that's enough I want to talk about talking about them. Fair enough. They're the least interesting bit. Um, so you also needed to have season four because you needed to have it be believable that uh, East Dillon could then win. Like you couldn't have their first season when none of them know how to play Correct. football. Like have them have a Cinderella story. Like that would Correct. be just too implausible. Right. And you the have forfeit have game ends up being like a pivotal plot point. Correct. Yeah. So like the, the very beginning of season four, when he uh, kind of puts a team together and they go to try and play a game and they are literally going to die. Yeah. So he forfeits, but then the team like takes Sees it as that a slight, as a quitting on them. Yeah. yeah that, he, that he doesn't believe in them and he has to really overcome that. So I think that was a lot of growth for coach of realizing he either made a bad call or made the right call, but it ended up having a lot of consequences for him with his team. Yeah. Um, so you have to overcome that. You have to overcome the neighborhood and the people that don't really care or believe in him or his team Mm -hmm. you have to overcome a lot of issues with the players like intra team issues yeah and that's like paves the way right and then when they come together in season five like the my favorite scenes of season five were of them underage drinking yeah pretty much um because they still kept it a very small football cast like you only got to know tink and the gay kid tink and and yeah um, and Luke, um, plus Buddy I Jr. joining. never went back to Sears Roebuck being gay. No, so that yeah, must the not assistant coach, well. yeah. Um, and Buddy Jr.'s storyline, like, never went anywhere either. Yeah, they didn't really quite know what to do with Buddy in general, or his whole... The bar and all yeah. that. Um, couple of lingering questions I have. Well, we gotta talk about Tammy a little bit. I was, okay, yeah, I was gonna bring up Tammy, so... Like, she's probably my favorite character overall, and she is just a saint in this world. And I but never... you want to talk about white people falling into good opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say white savior thinking that she can, like, save all these kids at these schools. See, but that's... Right, you explained to me that's why the, the storyline is good in the fifth season, because it's one that doesn't get wrapped up neatly. Yeah. Uh, but for Tammy... She just stumbles into her next promotion. She goes from guidance counselor to principal. To To award-winning principal. Demoted back to guidance counselor. And then dean of admissions at a college. Not Mm -hmm. even assistant dean like she interviewed And her her entire platform is standardized tests are not great. And, like, you don't even really see where that comes from. No. Like, there wasn't a scene at the school where, like, the kids failed the SAT. No, the kid she was working with, like, wouldn't even come to class. It had nothing to do with standardized tests. Right. So that just seemed to come out of left field a little bit. It's almost like they missed an episode or missed a plot line where she struggled to, you know, the test scores of the kids at her school or whatever. Like, seems like they, like, missed a plot line and they were like, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, But I was very happy. Spoilers, I guess, for a 20-year-old show. But, um... I was very happy that they let Tammy have her job opportunity. It was ridiculous that she got it. But right. The, the gimmick times... didn't make any sense, but it was great to force the the, the finale, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to give that, like, payoff of the finale of, like, it doesn't really matter if they win that game. Like, they did it. They made it to, spoilers again, I guess. They made it to state. Mm-hmm. And, and the coach like, doesn't need the rings. Like, the no. thing that I was left saying at the end of the episode, which sounds crazy, but it's like... Eric Taylor does not love football. Like, he's not a football nerd. He's, he's like a teacher. He's an educator. Yeah, he doesn't he's a leader a of men. He's a kingmaker. And he can do that anywhere. And actually, it's the challenge. Like, you hear all the time about people, like, 
giving up like high salaries and stuff to like go start their own company again because it's in the, the fun That's is the in the journey yeah. as we say um so it was obvious that he was going to make the appropriate decision and like i don't even know if he would have if it was realistic how much he like fought tammy on some stuff but he had a lot of stuff going on so i'm sure it was more of a yeah poor coach um has to go fucking defend tim riggins again in parole um are we gonna talk about riggins Jail Riggins and Billy Riggins. They they somehow made me like Billy Riggins the last season. That was that's a good point. So yeah, uh, I remember the first couple seasons like realizing that you know Tim was a blessing and being like the rest of his whole situation he needs to escape. And then yeah, I think one of the the writer's best achievements is making was making me care about Billy and what's her face. Yeah. Um. And Becky because she was so annoying in the fourth season. Yeah. And then she actually becomes her own character. And has this whole little playing house thing with Mindy and Bailey that's yeah. really cute. So yeah, the the Tim that comes back from prison, like I get what they were trying to do, and I've never known someone to go to prison, so I, I'm sure um, that there's no sort of normal expectations yeah, for how weird. they're going to recover from that, but I just didn't buy his complete... I don't know um, if he's not as good enough of an actor or if the directing of, like, what yeah. he was supposed to be doing wasn't very but clear. The but the twist is like, that he, like, has turned on Billy and, like, he blames Billy for everything. Which I get if you're... If you, but you go back to season four and, yes, the chop shop was Billy's plan and his execution, but Tim begged to get involved to buy his empty plot of land. Yeah. It was volunteer. And then, yes, he volunteered to take the fall... But that was his choice. Yeah. So I understand, like, coming out of jail thinking like, that Billy owes you, And, but... like, I'm sure he just stewed on that for ten months sure. in jail, like, when you're like, in your cell by yourself. But... But you got some great Tim Riggins lines, like, when there's an awkward silence and he goes, If you're asking me if I was raped in jail, no, I was not. <laughs> there was some... I don't, also didn't really buy Tyra coming back. Yeah, they had to do... Like, I mean, this is a network show that was on... I you know, guess. at a peak I think time you're right, slot, though, they that, just like Mika Kelly was otherwise engaged because earlier in the season, Jeter, yeah. earlier in the season or the previous season, they had she did season her come four, back yeah. and seemed to have this like they're never over kind of thing. Yeah, and then all of a sudden Tyra comes out of nowhere. I guess it makes sense since Mindy's her sister, but I forgot about Tyra that, yeah. comes out of kind of nowhere. And then they're just like happily ever after, maybe or I mean they kind of no, do. You like do, their ending. They yeah. do a nice scene where it's like maybe some days, someday our dreams will connect. Or that something. house is never gonna get built, but that's okay. It was getting built with Billy at the end. Yeah, it's not gonna stay up. No. Um, Are you happy we went? We watched the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm kind of neutral on the show. Yeah. But I did enjoy these last couple seasons, and I. I'm glad to have watched it, I guess, because it, mm-hmm. is, it is one of those shows that... People reference it a lot. Yeah, people reference it a lot. It's like a fan favorite kind of yeah. show. So I'm glad that we have that touch point now. But yeah, I, I do agree that I think you enjoyed it more than I did. I think it was the reverse Buffy. Where yeah. I enjoyed the tropes and the characters and stuff of Buffy a little bit more, and you were kind of just like, oh, yeah. eh. I'm a sucker for sports and drama, yeah. Yeah, I think you were a little bit more gung-ho about this one, and I'm just kind of... Uh, about it yeah um which i remember the titans is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah and this one just didn't quite have that same vibe for interesting me. i'm not sure why all right so the important parting shots are number one like is under armor going to sue eric taylor <laughs> at some point number two is sears roebuck ever going to find a man and number three why does virgil hate football <laughs> like a huge part of season four plot rests on Jess's dad, the barbecue master, like refusing to engage have with football, any at all. sort of connection to football, despite all of his friends and family and his history and his personal connections and and like it got status it and, got like so deep into the season that like people were just like blindly accepting him, being like, yeah, you're never gonna get Virgil to host the football party, like, but why? And then he would host the party, but he'd stand in the back and kind of glare. Yeah, and, and not like, talk you, to anyone like, about football. Maybe there was a concussion storyline or something that was like... Did he get injured? Written out, but... Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they wanted to have him for the last season and he couldn't do it or something and that's why they wrote him off. I don't know. Uh, you to start talking about upcoming stuff if you have any. I'm just going to literally type 
um, into Google, why did Virgil um, hate football? Upcoming stuff. The Matrix 4? Yeah. Um, John Groff? I saw the headline, didn't click it. Same. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Hmm. There's a new Ghostbusters, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with Josh Gad? <sighs> yeah. Um, Ace Ventura 3. With Carrie? Uh-huh. Wow. I don't think his humor works anymore. I think it no. had its... You know, like, Adam Sandler had his run yeah. of, like, all of his movies were funny and, like, everyone thought his humor was the funniest. Oh, sure. No, we're well past both we're of those. We're well yeah. past either Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler's, like, type of humor being funny. Yeah. And I just cannot see Ace Ventura being funny at this point. Yeah. Even Jim Carrey himself, like, it was... It's painful to, like, watch some of those old movies now with his humor. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Shrill, season two. Yeah. We watched that. I think we talked about that for the podcast. We did, yeah. Um, I'm not, like, super gunning for another season of that, but mm -hmm. it is, like, an interesting short show, and I do like A.D. Bryan, so I feel like that'll be one that goes on my list, and someday I'll end up watching yeah. it. Um, Patty Jenkins is supposedly making an Amazons movie. Like, Wonder Woman the Amazon. Right. Heard about that, yeah. Um, Wonder Woman 2. That's what I'm going to finish on. The Wonder Woman 2 trailer. Uh-huh. I'm in. Did you watch it? No. I Chris, don't watch trailers. Chris Pine is back. He's dead, though. But he's back, somehow. Okay. Um, Chris and Wig is in it. And looks fan-fucking-tastic. Okay. And then, of course, you have Wonder Woman herself. And then, it's it's very 80s, which I've seen a lot of people being like, it's impressive that they could interest me in that trailer because I'm so over the 80s theme. It was yeah. a little bit Stranger Things-esque of like... So when does this one take place? The last one was World War One. This is the Cold War. Okay. 1980s. It's called Wonder it Woman 1984. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a little bit like everyone's doing the 80s right now. Mm -hmm. You know? Like everyone's doing Small Town. Just be white noise. Yeah. Uh, this is like... It's what is it? Rural, not small town. Ruin the line from Elf. I messed it up. We just watched <laughs> it too. Um, so I feel a little bit like it's a little overdone lately with Stranger Things doing the whole eighties theme, and now yeah. this one's nineteen eighty four, and then like Thor Ragnarok had all the eighties music and kind of eighties vibe too. Yeah, I guess it's just the time. All the eighties babies are now making media. Yeah, but it looked fan fucking tastic. Okay, said that twice now. I'm into it. I know the first Wonder Woman, I like overhyped maybe a little bit. Like I enjoyed it, but it was still a DC movie at the end of the day. So I'm uh -huh. sure this one will be similar, but I'm excited for it. When is so, it coming out? Sometime next year. Okay. Maybe like either spring or summer of next year. Cause I remember thinking, Oh, the baby will be old enough that I can probably actually go see that. Sure. Honey. Um, compared to star Wars. I don't know what I'm going to do. All right. I think that's it for 2019. I think that's it. So unless we uh, end up magically producing another podcast between now and then, mm -hmm. uh, happy Christmas, happy new year. Here's to the next decade. And thanks for uh, listening to all of these podcasts and coming along on the journey with us. You can always connect with us on Twitter at DD get down. Sure. Wait, what is it? Uh, yeah. It's that's DD right. Get down, right? Yeah. Uh, so you can always connect with us there. You can connect with us um, if you want to check out our books on Bookstagram at Book Digits. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time. Peace and love. Bye.